listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the EPPodcast.com. A special Friday release edition of the EP Podcast, an interesting topic and two very interesting guests. Welcome in. Thank you for joining us. And remember, if you are not subscribed to the EP Podcast, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast player you're using. If you're listening through Facebook or you saw it online somewhere and you're not actually subscribed, it's not hard. Uh, If you go to the EPPodcast.com, there's plenty of options. Scroll around. You'll see different podcast apps, many of them already available on your device. And every episode of the EP Podcast is brought to you proudly by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. You need a bank you can rely on, one that knows our community and provides customized accounts and offers just for you. Count on the First National Bank of Evergreen Park, located in that iconic building at 95th and Pulaski, a locally based community bank committed to the people and businesses right here in Evergreen Park and the surrounding area. And now, when you open a total access checking account, you get a $300 bonus. And guess what? There are no fees on those ATMs. If somebody charges you a fee, don't worry about it. The bank puts that money back in your account. Open online today. BankEvergreenPark.com slash total access slash EP. $100 required to open. Requirements to qualify. Must use link to apply. Member FDIC. I got this idea from Lorraine Swanson from The Patch. She's sitting here with me. uh, And we've brought in, uh, I would say, an expert. And I'm going to start with Lorraine as we kind of describe what we're going to do here. We're going to talk a little bit about running for public office. How you do it. Why not? A lot of people don't do it what they probably should do if they want to get into it. Uh, It's a very complicated thing. Bert was going over it with me about a week ago, so I know there's no way we're covering everything in 30 minutes, but tell me a little bit about your guest that you brought down here, Lorraine. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me, Chris. Um, Today we're joined by uh, attorney Bert Odelson. He's a founding partner in the Evergreen Park-based law firm Odelson, Sterk, Murphy, Fraser, and McGrath. And Bert is considered a leading expert in governmental and election law, particularly Illinois election law. And he has served as a city or village attorney for over 60 municipalities, townships, and highway districts. And he's also general counsel to an array of local elementary and high school districts and has served a number of labor unions in various capacities. In 2000, when the recount totals in Florida's Broward and West Palm Beach counties hinged on how CHADs were uh, evaluated, the uh, George W. Bush campaign retained Burt as an attorney who argued successfully before the U.S. Supreme Court. He has, and I've seen Bert in these challenges, he has represented local candidates whose nomination petitions were challenged by opponents. And with the 2023 consolidated election creeping up, 
uh, April 4th, 2023. That's when we elect our mayors and our school board members and park board and library and so forth. I just thought it would be a good idea to talk about how you run for local office and to get Bert's expertise. Bert, you seem like quite the expert. Well, I've been doing it uh, uh, this October, October 23rd, will mark my 50th year uh, having been an attorney and uh, done election law and municipal law for mm, 47 or 48 of those years. So yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I think we've developed a little bit of an expertise in my office uh, representing candidates and representing uh, uh, folks who want to be candidates. And, and, and in answer to, to uh, you, Lorraine, uh, the first thing someone should do uh, when they're thinking of running for office, is to hire a lawyer. Now, now that may that sounds like a pitch. Yeah, it does that sounds sound like, like a hey. pitch. But 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 <laughs> you're, you're going to have a tough time getting me because we are very very busy and uh, we don't take everybody, you know, like I used to. Uh, we we we're kind of uh, we kind of watch who we take and uh, make sure uh, the one that can pay the bill and and two that it's it's not going to be a candidate that's going to embarrass us so uh, i i do pick and choose now uh we take most of our clients but in this day and age in this litigious day and age especially in elections uh, and especially with fraud and and improper voting uh, you need to have a lawyer if you really are serious about getting on the ballot and then following through after you're on the ballot, uh, making sure all of your campaign disclosures are correct. So I'm not saying people should hire me. I'm saying go out and get someone who's knowledgeable. When you say that, the first thing I think is, well, this is going to get pricey really quick, right? Right. And what we're talking about is encouraging people that they should run for office because there's a lot of times that you see a ballot and everything's uncontested and you hear people that have complaints and believe they could make a difference, but they feel like it's like this insurmountable thing. So should people be nervous when they hear you talk about that and understand that it is a a difficult process or am I just worried when I hear hire a lawyer and it isn't as as daunting as it sounds. Well, unfortunately, I, I like to answer and say it's not as daunting as it sounds because more people should run for office. We should have contested races. But unfortunately, here in Illinois, and Cook County especially, it is a daunting task, depending on how high in office. Now, if you're going to run for library board in Evergreen Park uh, or, or um, um, park board, uh, you probably are okay just getting some general guidance and reading the manuals that the Illinois State Board of Election puts out. But if you're going to run for mayor or trustee or state representative or judge, uh, you're, you're probably going to be contested on the local level. So you better know what you're doing when you get into it and better be serious. So it is a daunting task. I, I have to be honest. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it's a, it's a daunting task. Daunting in Illinois, even more so than many other states who make it a lot easier uh, to get ballot access. Uh, because of kind of the one-party system we've had for uh, decades in, in Illinois, uh, the laws in the General Assembly have been built to uh, help incumbents, and uh, challengers have a difficult time navigating uh, the election law rivers in, in order to find uh, enough good signatures to uh, get on the ballot and to do your forms right. Uh, and to file them right. Um, So it is a daunting task. 
Would you say that local elections, they're probably even more important than voting for president? Am I off base You're, you're 100%. I just had this conversation yesterday with uh, one of the associates in my office because we, uh, we were fortunate enough to pass a home rule referendum in the village of Matson, where we're the village attorneys, and that will change the village dramatically because we have more local power. And we were just not joking, quite serious, that it is more important to, to run for your school board and for your local municipal uh, board uh, than it is to run for state senator, state rep, or president. That might be most prevalent right now, I think, in the minds of people when they look at the news where you see school boards on Fox News and CNN's front page now, right? And you noticed how local municipalities dealt with the pandemic almost individually. Like, sure, they let the state try to tell them what to do to a point, and then they started asserting their power. I don't think people saw that kind of local, I don't I don't know, they're just throwing around their weight or at least making decisions that impact your life as much as we have in the last couple of years, right? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. The pandemic really brought forth uh, the power uh, that local authorities do have, uh, all dependent on the, uh, 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 on the medical advice and the medical boards. In other words, Cook County was governed by the Cook County doctor and, and, and their board, uh, but then the local municipalities uh, had a lot of leeway uh, governing themselves in accordance with the mandates of the governor, the local um, uh, medical boards. Uh, the school districts also, and I was involved in litigation with school districts, uh, uh, were most important because of the mask or not mask and uh, ho- uh, classes at home, not classes at home. And the school boards, unpaid elected school board members were making those decisions, very serious des- decisions, which obviously we all saw affected people's lives, children's lives, adult lives. How do you explain the shortage of candidates just running for your park, your school, your library boards? Uh, how do you explain the shortage of candidates, because I think only 30% of Cook County's um, races in 2021 were challenged. Ooh, can I take a guess first, Bert? Do you yeah, mind? Take, take can a I guess, take a guess you, on this you one? You may be surprised right, from well, my answer. I, 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 believe, I believe it's because they don't think that they can run unless they're affiliated with a specific party. Like they have to be, they have to be within that group. They have to have that group push them. So until I get involved with the Republican party or the Democrat party, or even an evergreen park, like the United homeowners party, unless I go and I pay my dues, nobody's going to put me up for election. I can't just go in and run for something. It's that's, that's a good, uh, a good thought. And that was the reason years ago. Okay. That was the reason. The number one reason why people don't get involved anymore is social media. Because once you get involved and you put your name out there and you have an opponent, your whole life is exposed. That wasn't the case before Facebook and before the internet. You had some some privacy uh, and you can keep your, your wife or your kids out of the public eye and just exert yourself. Now, uh, your whole life is open. You can get Googled, uh, something you did when you were 18 years old, and now you're 40. Uh, you, got, you got arrested for uh, leaving the scene of an accident. Well, that's going to be all over the paper. Yeah, so, so I found people, especially for the school board jobs, the park district jobs, the local jobs, pays nothing, zero. 
You're giving your time, your effort, your concern for what? To get chastised and criticized on social media. That is why people don't run anymore. And it's a shame and it's, it's hurting America, not just locally, it's hurting America because it's filtered out, not just to our local races, but even to the paying offices, the state reps, the governors, the uh, maybe even president. There are some people who don't want to expose their their lives. Social media will get you. I mean, take this from a guy who did 20 or well, I did 10 years of broadcast radio as the Internet was coming around. And I'm very fortunate that social media wasn't I would have trended for very bad things doing rock radio in the late 90s. I mean, <laughs> I would have right. been, been canceled 15 times over. Luckily, there isn't as much of a record of it. So maybe I could still run for office. But even now with the podcast, social media, you get one person that has a, a bone uh, to pick with you and ax the grind and they can write whatever they want to write and it doesn't even need to be true and they could be doing it under a name that isn't even real with a picture from a movie and you have to sit there and defend yourself against something that's baseless and it gets in the way and that I would imagine is very scary. You may not have any skeletons in your closet. Somebody will make them up for you. It doesn't you. matter and that's, that's, that's very key and I didn't say that and I'm glad you hit on that. It's because people lie. And, and you, can't, you can't defend yourself short of a defamation lawsuit where you have to hire a very expensive lawyer downtown because no lawyers really do defamation, only a, a few do. They charge so much money and defamation is so hard to prove. So what's happened in social media, uh, all the way up to the former president of the United States, you just lie and you, and you dirty up your opponent if they've been the best person uh, that God could have created, doesn't matter. People just lie, and that dissuades good people from getting into politics. So let's say I have really thick skin, because I kind of do. I mean, I've, I've been put through the ringer a lot in well, my life. Well, so. you, well, you think you do, but but, but, <laughs> but if you have a wife and kids, right. that's where your skin gets a little punctured, because they can puncture you. Oh, no. But once they go after your wife and kids, uh-oh. Oh, I understand that. Trust me. And we've had conversations in this house about things that might end up with the kids. Trust me. The kids, when their dad says something on one of his podcasts, they deal with kids at school. Right. They want to give them a hard time about their right. father. And my wife had always had to deal with the fact that when I was in the public eye, there might be people that didn't like us or treated us differently, or there might be a rumor that floated around that wasn't wasn't real. That was a normal thing that would happen. But let's say I have thick enough or I'm like, I'm going to try it anyway. I'm ready to go for this. I'm going to, I'm going to try to run for office. I pick the office that I want to make a difference in. I go and I get my lawyer, as you suggested, I've, I've got to put some money off to the side. All right. I would imagine most people want to start local, local election, like the ones that in the municipalities that Lorraine was talking about at the beginning of the show. Or school districts. School districts, stuff like that. What does that normally run somebody? I mean, well, how, how much can I get away with? Do I have to do just a lot of fundraising? Is this astronomical? What is it normally like? Yeah, lo locally, and let's take Evergreen Park. Uh, locally, you, you want to run for uh, the high school or the elementary school or the, or the village board. You're not talking a lot of, well, it, it depends what a lot of money is to some people, but you're not talking the uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars or even up to $100,000. You're talking more in the maybe fifteen dollars to $20,000 range, depending on if you have opposition or not. If you have no opposition, you're spending nothing because you, you don't have to advertise. You don't have to put any brochures out. Uh, and, and Chris, that's the second reason people don't run for office anymore is the expense. You, know, uh, you see who's in office now, the multimillionaires and billionaires who self-fund. 
so you can't run against a self-funded person unless you have another person who is equally as wealthy funding you. The governor's race, for example. So locally, you could you could run for local office and not expend a lot of money, even if it's a contested race, uh, because we used to we used to get out to our electorate. The old way was knocking on doors and asking for votes. The next wave was sending out uh, uh, brochures and mailers about yourself and your campaign. And of course, now the new way is social media and cell phones and uh, 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 calls, uh, automated calls through your cell phone. So uh, campaigning has transcended to uh, um, social media uh, again. So it doesn't cost as much locally as it would for a state office. And something I always tell people that if you're going to run, Get in touch with your community newspaper, you know, Patch, um, the regional, Southtown. And I'm happy to give, a, like, a media list to anyone. You do who, that. I mean, that's the thing. We did that on the podcast. When they yeah. did the last election for Evergreen Park, we said any, we we tried to bring in as many people as we possibly could. We, If somebody said, I want to come in and talk, I'm always very interested in what they have to say. But, yeah, that's, that's a thing. I don't think people utilize the media Lorraine, let me ask you a question. What is the biggest pitfall that you see candidates in local elections make? What, um, it, 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 let's let's try to keep it at the local election because yeah. what we're kind of talking about here is getting into running for an office. And, and you know, like you said, it's more difficult now than it used to be. Like my mother ran for state representative against Andy McGann in the 80s. I was a kid, okay? And uh, that was probably very different how you ran for office back then. Then you run for office now. So I think when most people think of I want to get into politics, they're probably thinking I want to start small in the ways that you described earlier on. So when you're covering these elections, Lorraine, because you probably cover them more than the bigger papers do because oh, Patch yeah. is sectioned off into these little suburbs. What is the number one thing you see as a mistake that people do? Well, I see people making mistakes on their petitions. They don't have enough names or some of their uh, signatures are contested. Um, we send out very basic uh, questionnaires, and our readers want that. They look to the local community media to, you know, give them information so they can make up their minds. And um, or, or they're going up against a slate, and they're you got like four people pooling on. Uh, mailers and yard signs. Well, established established groups and groups and people already have networks that are kind of set up and that's probably difficult to deal with. So when you're dealing with a new person, uh, Bert, I I would imagine signatures become something you advise them on right away. I always get these things handed to me at events. I'll be standing at a 16-inch softball game and three guys show up with stuff like, hey, everybody sign this here. This guy's going to run. I know him. He's a friend of mine. If they have that network, they're able to get those signatures. But what pitfalls do you see with signatures? Well, well, believe me, I've been on both ends in in, uh, representing candidates and keeping them on the ballot and then going after candidates who don't file enough names or file names that are fictitious or forged. Uh, we've done plenty of that in, in our time. Uh, and what it takes, at the, even at the local level, is to get enough, uh, uh, unless, you, unless you're uh, free to do it yourself, uh, enough uh, trend support 
to have them help you go out and get signatures of registered voters. And that's a problem these days because there's not as many registered voters as uh, there used to be. So you, with all good intentions, you knock on the door. You better have a list knowing what houses you have to go to where people are registered. Uh, it doesn't work like it used to where you, you're able to go to the, uh, to the mall and get signatures of people coming through there because it used to be 50% of those people were not registered. Now, 60 to 70% of those people are not registered. So the people that are signing, they have to be a registered voter. That's correct. Because the amount of times I've signed something, I'm a registered voter, but nobody's ever asked me. It's always like, hey, man, sign this. And you sign it and you move on. Because you're like, because to me, anybody who wants to run for office, I'll sign their ballot. Right? I mean, unless there's like, unless there's like a, like a, like a, like a sickle at the top fit for the Communist Party or right. a swastika, right. I'm going to sign their little form and send it off to them. Okay. Right, right. right. And that's the first step, of course. You, you got to be able to get on the ballot. You have to have the right form and you have to file enough signatures. So you right. have to at least be that knowledgeable and you can get that from the county clerk's website or even from, let's take Evergreen Park from the village clerk in Evergreen Park. Bert Odelson, one of those experts you'd want to talk to if you ever want to run for office, somebody like him if you can't actually talk to Bert. And Lorraine Swanson from The Patch joining us here on the EP Podcast Running for office is hard. Quitting smoking is hard as well. That's why you have Cool Clouds Vapor Shop right here in the EP. They know how hard it is to get off of cigarettes. They want to offer you an alternative. With a full taster bar and CBD products, you can check them out online at coolcloudsvapor.com or stop in and say hi. 3837 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. Um, One question I had, like some towns, like they're village board or city board city council they're they're like village-wide citywide um if i'm running in a particular district do i have to get registered voters from that district yes that's a good question so in evergreen park it's village-wide you can get there's uh, you're not don't have wards like chicago you don't have districts like oak lawn uh, you can run citywide Right next door in Oak Lawn, they have districts, which are the same as wards. We call them districts, but they're wards. And you can only get signatures of registered voters within your district. Now, one thing, too, and I've, I've known people who've run for, you know, like they're running in a district or whatever, that they'll go hang out. Like we got the midterm election because that's where you're going to find registered voters from your uh, district. You're giving secrets away here. Uh, yeah, but that, 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 that is where I send my, uh, my clients who, yeah. who, want, who want to run for this next April's election, mm -hmm. whether it be school board or municipality. Uh, you're able to start circulating petitions uh, third week in September. Okay. I was going to ask you what date. Yeah, because I, like I'm wondering here as we're talking about this, and now we have this this election in April, yeah. and you know I keep thinking to myself, well, when do you have to get started? It's not, so you're saying September twentieth, September probably, yeah, September. okay. It's ninety days before the first day of the file. That's okay. what it was. So in September you can get started. But Lorraine's right. We send our clients and their friends to the polls on November eighth. Uh, because everybody going in and everybody coming out are registered voters. So that is the best place to get. And no, and no one really minds as they're walking in or coming out of the poll to sign someone's petition. So we, we, uh, we not only novices, but established candidates mm -hmm. do the same thing. We send them to the polls. So you can stand outside the polls. You're not, you're not 
breaking any rules. No. If, it's, if you're not involved in that election, standing out there and getting getting signatures. That's outside perfectly fine. You have, be, you have to be 100 feet from the entranceway to the polling place. Uh, whether you're distributing literature for someone on the ballot or whether you're getting signatures for the next election. Yes, that's perfectly legal. The first time I met you, Bert, it was 2011, and they were challenging a school board candidate. Well, an incumbent was challenging a, a, a challenger um, because he used a paper clip to put oh, yeah, his, remember, yeah. the, the fastener law. And there, I just remember there was one board member that like dropped the petitions and they all stayed intact and everyone voted that this guy could stay on and the guy who challenged him lost. And, and we had a case in Evergreen Park a number of years ago where someone attempted to run against Mayor Sexton same thing. Uh, she filed petitions, and you have to securely securely bind your petitions. Right. That's what the law says. And she used a, a form of a paper clip, and I did the same thing. I picked them up, but this time they all dropped. Yeah. So you kind of rolled the dice in that one because you had heard, you had seen it one time stick together, and you had seen it another time not stick together. That's a lawyer. You're like Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Not many people are going to remember who Perry Mason was. I do. <laughs> Not many are. I come from the generation and watched everything on WPWR Channel 50 yeah. in the middle of the day. So I've seen some Perry Mason. And, and, and Della Street. I wish I had a Della Street. Do you remember Della Street? No, I don't. Perry Mason's secretary. But when I would argue, when I would argue with my father, he would always refer to me as Lawyer Daggett. You know that, you know that reference mm -hmm. from True Grit. Yeah, that's how we get that one all the time. Okay, we've, we've thrown some, some famous lawyer names out there. Let's get back to a better question from Lorraine Swanson from The Patch. Is it better to get your name on the ballot or be a write-in candidate? I have yet to see. I saw one write-in candidate in my 12 years down here come close to beating an incumbent, like within like eight votes. Um, and I, I noticed there were a lot of writing candidates and, you know, they had their Facebook pages. And Is this a new trend? Is that what this is, that people are starting to do this because of social media, that they're saying, hey, why do I have to file for every, anything? I might as well just, just launch a campaign and write me in. Yeah, yeah, yes and no. Uh, e even if you do a writing uh, campaign, there's still some prerequisites you have to file a form saying you're going to be a right and can't just show up oh so all these votes for myself for president when i don't like both candidates haven't counted you you are mickey mouse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why they passed the law that said you have to file a declaration to run as, uh, as a write-in 60 days before the election so they don't have to count Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and Davy Crockett. Mickey yeah. could win these days. Mickey could win these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. So no, it's not. It's not feasible to run as a write-in unless there no unless no one is running and you know there's a vacancy. But I have seen write-ins win. So Bert, you you've you've decided first off as a candidate that you you're going to run for something local. Uh, you don't need as many signatures. You went and got your attorney. Uh, you've gone and, and picked up three times the signatures that you need. You make sure that uh, people are using their right name. You're grabbing them from places where there could be a registered voter. It's more likely for them to do it. Uh, you're making sure that uh, mom is not signing for dad and right. the two kids. And you're paying attention to all this. You filed your forms, and now you're ready to run for office. Right, right. right. Uh, it, to me, on one hand, I sit there and I say, okay, it sounds like if I follow steps one through eight here, I can run, and it's not that difficult to run as long as I – follow all my steps, and now I'm on the ballot. Once I'm on the ballot, 
Is there something else other than running your campaign that somebody needs to be aware of? You, you need to you need to uh, be aware of social media. You need to uh, uh, be aware of the campaign financing laws. Uh, if you raise money, you you have to have a committee and you have to disclose how much money you're raising and how much you're spending. And I can't buy a campaign boat is what you're telling me. Can I can I get a campaign boat if I if no. I no. Like if people donate money and I buy a boat and I put on the side of it, vote for Chris, that doesn't count as, as no. no, no. Okay. No, but you can, you do have a lot of flexibility if you raise a lot of money, Okay. Uh, but, but you have to report it. Okay. And, and the state board of elections governs that. And if you don't report it accurately or on time, they file a complaint and they find you. They can't throw you off the ballot, but they can find you. And then you're opponents or people oh, who don't like you it. spread it all over so there is more as you go now if you if you if you're not going to spend over five thousand dollars you don't have to report anything so the, the benchmark is five thousand dollars once you hit five thousand dollars either spending it or receiving it in then you have to file your uh, your your forms with the state and, and form a committee let's let's talk political party real quick here. Okay. okay somebody comes to you and says i want to run for something at what point do they start identifying as I'm running as a Republican, I'm running as a Democrat, I'm running as an independent? Do they have to do that? Is there like where where do the parties come in, especially the big ones when they're running for something? Because I, I like I go back to what I originally said is what I thought was the big pitfall that you said used to be that people think they have to be so involved with the party up to a point where the party now backs them and puts them on the ballot. Well, it's, a great, it's a great question. I, I can clarify it real quick. School boards, no parties. Everybody runs nonpartisan, not independent, nonpartisan, no parties. Village level, next, next level, uh, local parties uh, here in, in Evergreen Park, you, uh, the United Homeowners. Uh, they're the local party that everybody knows. So you try to get on a ticket with the United Homeowners Party. Uh, you go to the, to the state reps or state senators, then you're dealing with the Democrats and Republicans. Uh, or the Libertarians are on the ballot this time, or the Green Party. There's a Green Party on the ballot this time. So, so the um, uh, the parties are important depending how high up you go. By high up, I mean statewide wide office or county office, because county runs Democrat and Republican too. And it's always better to be slated because you you it's it, you mutually all get together, pool money because it's so expensive to, to run out. Right. And I think the local race is intriguing to me. Like I think if I ever got into politics, I'd look at the local races first, if I was going to do something And the way you're describing it, Bert Odelson of Odelson and Stirk, I, it, it sounds to me like there were multiple other names. Are there like seven names on that title now? No, there's five. Give me all the names. I don't want to, I don't want to short people. Uh, Odelson, Stirk, Murphy, uh, Frazier and McGrath. I like how for a second you were like, I got to make sure I, I got all sure five. Because it was Odelson Sturks. <laughs> it was Odelson for a long time. Then right. Odelson Sturks. Yeah, you were the first guy. And now I you got to remember, yeah, all, you know yeah. which one's first on that yeah, list. I know which one's first. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, I really appreciate you jumping on and talking about no this problem. with us. I find it extremely interesting. I hope that if uh, uh, the EP podcast or Southside Pod as elections are coming up, you'd be willing to answer. We, we don't have to sit down for a full half hour, but if we could ever sure. uh, call upon you, I'd love to do that. And, and what I'm gathering here is this, go get an attorney. Um, there, the attorney is going to give you uh, the information that you just heard from Bert Odelson. He's going to tell you, you got to file these things. You got to get these signatures and this is how you're going to do it. 
Hey, you can listen to the bird on this podcast, but I, I'm sure there's other things that he would tell you if you uh, employed him that he, you know, I don't give away all my secrets either when I'm doing stuff. So there's, there's a reason why you want a guy like Bert, uh, in your corner, helping you out. And then you go through the process and starting small, maybe the way to go right now. Okay, if you want to get into politics and establish yourself before you go and do something big, start small and starting small has a massive influence, as we saw during the pandemic. And as we've seen here over the last couple of years, and as Bird has pointed out, it is your your local governments have an awful lot of power over what happens in your day to day life. If, one more thing, uh, the perfect example, and I hate, I hate I'm not patting myself on the back, but when I was 29 years old, I ran, ran for a. Uh, Moraine Valley Community College as a, as a trustee in the governing board. I won and I, I became the youngest uh, chairman of the board in, in Illinois and served for 18 years as an elected official at Moraine Valley. And we changed the face of uh, Moraine Valley during that time. So not only locally is it a good place to start, if you want to effectuate change, I think it's the only place to be. It, your, your, your school's your parks, your schools, your libraries, and your municipal government. And then you can, you're can you one of six or one of seven, not one of 50 or one of 100. You can really effectuate change. That's awesome. Lorraine Swanson uh, sitting here from the patch. Bert Odelson, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is the EP Podcast. Remember to subscribe anywhere podcasts can be found always at the eppodcast.com. And of course, we have a regular show coming up on Monday, but thank you so much for sitting down with us today. My pleasure, thanks. Look at all those people in this great suburb driving down 95th and Ked Z. What a great place. It's called Evergreen Park, but we know it better as the EP. We're known for more than just the Unabomber. Remember? Ted Kaczynski. You guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP podcast. You might be asking why. Because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the 608-05. It's the EP. Podcast All Things Evergreen Park It's the EP Podcast Evergreen Park <laughs>